You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. This is episode 116, The Necessity of Discernment with Mary McGillivray. My name is Jillian Faldmo, and I teach wellness practitioners the exact steps to find clients and get paid so they can spend less time marketing and more time doing what they love. This is the Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. And I say us because I have a very special guest today. We have Mary McGillivray here. Say hi, Mary. Hi, everyone. You also may know her as Mary Mack. (laughs) That's how she's uh, widely known in the biofield tuning community. And um, Mary is a certified biofield tuning instructor and practitioner. She has a practice in McMinnville, Oregon. Um, She sees in-person clients and remote. And you can find her at mmbiofieldtuning.com. We're going to talk today. We're going to ask Mary a little bit about her background. She has some um, valuable things to share with us today. And at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about what it could look like to mentor with Mary. That's another name for it. Um, She has a program called The Guide Through the Gap. So uh, she'll be explaining a little bit more about that to you at the very end of the episode. So Mary, did I get it all? I think so. Awesome. I'm so, I'm just thrilled to have you here. And we've had a series of biofield tuning practitioners and instructors on the show lately. And every time I leave so inspired, um, by you all. So thank you so much for being here for all the listeners, but also for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to get to know each other. I just listened to Shannon's recently too, and Marielle's and Robin's. I mean, it's just really fun. Uh, we've become so creative in our, um, sprawled out way of being because, um, I'm out here in the Pacific Northwest, as you are. And so I'm thrilled that you and Matt landed in Oregon. That's really fun. Um, Yeah. So I thought I would kind of give some background because I have, I feel a little bit like a cat, like I have many lives that I've already lived. (laughs) (laughs) And so I thought I'd, I'd, I'd follow that trajectory and give you that background on how I landed with biofield tuning. So yeah. First. I might put you on the spot here. We may have some new listeners. Could you just explain briefly what biofield tuning is for the person who's never heard of it before? Oh, sure. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, it's a wellness modality that uses sound and coherent vibration, uh, which I stress coherence, you know, um, and uh, that is what our body can work with so well to reset itself and recalibrate to its original blueprint of wellness, its uh, original design. <clears throat> and so, yeah, it's it's a beautiful uh, approach. It's very um, specific and yet um, agile and really meets people where they're at with sound and helps them get back to homeostasis and calm and a nerve reset for sure for the nervous system. But that that's one of, uh, one way to, to come at biofield tuning. Yeah. I love that. What a great description. Thank you. Sure. Okay. So tell us about your background. Yeah. Well, um, so I did grow up in Portland, one of eight, I'm the youngest of eight and, uh, you know, when it came to, you know, going out in the world and doing college, uh, back in 1981, I took a gap year before it was ever a gap year. (laughs) They didn't quite call it that then, but (laughs) I I needed to, you know, make money and mature a little bit. So I did that. And, um, I ended up studying, um, interior design. So aesthetics were really important to me. They still are. And, um, I ended up going to LA for a two-year program and um, scooted out of LA as soon as I could because I didn't care for that location. Came back to the Northwest to be up in Seattle. Uh, didn't really do much with interior design, and uh, but I did end up doing something kind of really interesting and unexpected. And um, my sister, who I um, was living near up in Seattle, met a, a wonderful man that was an an officer on the University of Washington's oceanographic research vessel. 
And so I started um, being in those circles and uh, I thought, well, they need somebody on there in the, in the galley. And I'm like, I could do that. I could do that. So I ended up sailing around on ships for six and a half years as a, I started as a messman, which is really just a um, dishwasher and kitchen kind of helper person. But I tell you what, it paid great. I was wow. the best paid dishwasher in the state of Washington. Wow. Um, and it was my ticket to the world. So I, you know, I got to travel all over the world. I would work for a bit of time, get off a ship, travel around, have my flight, you know, covered, you know, so I traveled the world by myself for six and a half years. And a friend of mine calls me, uh, that that's my college and that I have a PhD in life. Ah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was really lonely and wanted to get married and that kind of thing. And so that came along and I ended up marrying, um, a man from Portland. So it's kind of funny, travel the world to meet the boy next door almost, but, ah. um, <laughs> But that was great to have that that common background. And um, we ended up having two wonderful boys uh, that are young men now. And um, we were um, ended up in Vermont. So um, that was a great place to raise kids. And I was thrilled to be there. And I got to be a stay-at-home mom for a number of years. But as I started... Uh, Oh, I did. Yeah. We, after uh, marriage, we, um, the two of us were in New Mexico and that's where I finally got my bachelor's degree and it was in, uh, English communications and a history minor, but, um, I didn't really know what I was doing, you know? Um, and I, and I guess part of sharing this is like, there's many of us like that, right? I, my oldest brother, from the moment he could hold a pencil knew he would be an artist. And it kind of drove me crazy because I, I spent years, traveling and seeking and looking and wondering, you know, and trying this and trying that. Um, so when I went for my bachelor's degree, um, I didn't really know, but people said, you know, you have a really nice voice. You should get into radio. And at the time, back in the early nineties, I was really into NPR and I'm like, okay. And so I went that direction, but the reality of it was that it was me in a sound studio by myself with a lot of technology that I had to run while I was on an open mic. And no, that was not a good situation. <laughs> it was really stressful and it wasn't the connection with people I was looking for, yeah, yeah. which is, I think, what drew me to English in a sense. It was just like, there's something about language. And so, um, you know, uh, uh, all of us have probably had situations where like, okay, that felt like a huge failure and kind of ashamed of it. And just like, okay, let's, let's go ahead and have the children now. It was time to have kids. So I just put a pause on things and did that. But um, I then, uh, when I was ready to go back into the workforce, I thought, well, um, speech language pathology sounds really interesting. So it was something about the communication and connection with people that I was getting a little closer to. And I thought, maybe that's what I'm looking for. Maybe that's it. And so I did a program where I got training in that to the point that I could um, be an assistant in the schools. So I got to work in the schools and work with kids. Um, and it was really good structure for me. And I learned so much, but um, in the midst of that, I got to even work at the same high school that my sons went to, which I don't know if they like that or not. <laughs> Ideal as a parent, maybe not for the kid. <laughs> one of them ignored me. The other one was like, hi, mom. So I got a little both. But um, anyway, yeah. So <clears throat> somewhere along the line there, um, the marriage imploded. And that was a big shock to me. And um, people say, did you see it coming? And I said, uh, no, I selected the blinders with the extra extenders on them. And I was seeing just what I wanted straight ahead. This is it. This is working <laughs> uh -huh. until it didn't. And so in all seriousness, it was really devastating, but it was a reset, you know, and, uh, I got a, I got a redo, which many of us do through variety of life situations, right? Some of us have health situations. Um, fortunately I haven't had that, but I've this was my big reset. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I got to be in that beautiful environment of Vermont that I found very nurturing. And I really just sat in my chair and looked out the window for a long time 
And I started deciding what I wanted to do as I went forward. So instead of being in the roles that I was in, uh, I said, enough of that. I'm going to bring me forward and I'm going to align with things that are a true match and, and a true representation of the life that I want to live. And on, as, as I was sitting in that chair, you know, kind of piecing these things together and weighing them out, there's some discernment, which we'll talk about for sure. But um, it was getting more clear. And then I got to cross paths with Eileen. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Eileen McCusick, the founder of Biofield Tuning. Right. The founder of Biofield Tuning. And I went, she is living what I am putting together and knowing is similarly true to for me in my life. I mean, she was just a great example of that to me mm -hmm. at that point in my life. So um, yeah, she came across my path as um, a friend needed a practice body for, for the work. And I, it was a total departure from what I was doing, you know, working in the schools as a speech language pathology assistant. So like, I didn't have a treatment table. I didn't work with people at all, but I think it was my second session. I went, I want to do this. This is amazing. Yeah. I was impressed oh. with yeah, the fact that there was a map and there's a protocol and and it just it just seemed really um, fun and effective. And so, yeah, I think I had two sessions and I said, I want to do this. And so because I was in Vermont, it made it really easy. Right. So I got to just drive up the road 30 minutes and have a class with Eileen and a co-teacher. And it was like a, amazing and fun and so inspiring. So so I feel really fortunate because, you know, people come from all over the world to take these classes, you know, and one of my classes, there was a woman that came all the way from Hong Kong. So I was like, wow, this is a, this is a great opportunity and privilege. Aww. Yeah. And, um, oh, so the way we did it, you've probably heard this before. Um, those listeners that have uh, had, had us on, um, the way that we used to take classes was level one, two, and three, right? So I, my first exposure to biofield tuning was September, right? I was in an October class. I was in a November class. And then Eileen uh, smartly goes to Jamaica for the winter from Vermont. So I had to wait for her to come back until March. But by the end of March, I was certified. And by the end, mid June, when the school year was over, I stepped away from that position and wow. stepped into being a standalone biofield tuner that, you know, and people were Whoa. like, what are you doing? Yeah. What was that like for you? <laughs> well, it was, I had outgrown that, that position, you know, and you I think feeling um, it. you had been feeling like, I've I been don't want to feel it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing that, that comes into the kind of people that I love to help what, you know, First, it was me because as I had outgrown that position, if I was to go down the standard way and do a resume and put it out there in the world, I don't think I looked that impressive on paper. Mm. And yet I knew I had a ton to offer, right? Mm. Yeah. I am a world traveler. I can take on all kinds of things. I've raised two boys, I, you know, you know, all of that, that is common to many of us. You know, I don't translate great on paper, but I knew I had a lot to offer. So, so when I, when I saw this, I'm like, this is the fit. So remember how I was looking for identifying what is the power of this connection I'm looking for? Where is that? Is it through radio? Is it through helping people with their speech and language? No, it's this. It was biofield tuning. You know, it was being in someone's field and um, connecting with them. It's pretty intimate work, you know, and I really cultivated um, while I was in the school system, you know, um, giving a session in a sense, as I, as I gave my services to the students, you know, and, and of course, you know, privacy and safety and all of those things. So those were, were great things that I learned along the way, <clears throat> but yeah, this was the connection I was looking for. So, so a lot of people, you know, are pretty entrenched in the school system and they're waiting for their pension and they're not going anywhere. And they couldn't believe that I would be like stepping out like this. And, and I just, Again, I think Eileen was a great model for being certain and unapologetic and just like, you know, 
you can say what you want. You can have an opinion about what I'm doing if you so desire. It's not impacting me. <laughs> I'm going this direction. And there was so much clarity, wow. so much clarity. And I think to be fair, I'll say that I did have some alimony to help cushion the transition because I do want to be clear about that, that it was a process to build a, um, a practice. For uh, sure. Yes. It's good to be real about that. Right. Cause I think so many um, practitioners can be a little disillusioned that, you know, what it's, what it's like. And it's good to hear, you know, having some sort of plan to get to where you want to be is, is the reality of it, not jumping off a cliff and just landing in a full-time practice. So. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. And it's really important to be careful about what you tell yourself when you're, when your schedule isn't full or, you know, it's skeletal, you know, like, okay, well, I can be doing something else to um, support this, or I can be taking a break and refreshing, you know, so it's really important to, you know, that's what I learned along the way. Um, can I just, I'll, can I just interrupt with just a quick story about some that exact thing happened and I have learned, uh, so I'll just say Thursday, my entire schedule cleared. I had clients on every single one of them rescheduled. Right. Wow. And I have learned after a decade of doing this to not be like, Oh no, what like, but to be like, Oh, okay. What's the purpose of this? Why do I need this? Do you know what happened Wednesday night? I had to take two of my dogs to the emergency room because one of them ate a bottle of the other dogs, um, medicine. He had an emergency earlier that day. It was just one of those Wednesday was one of those days. Everything was going <laughs> wrong that could. And Thursday I needed to recover and reset my nervous system. And I am so glad <laughs> that space opened up for me. That is so cool. I mean, honestly, it's like we are carried along, you guys. This is a great example. Yeah. When you're on shakier ground and you're looking for certainty, you can look back to stuff like that and go, I was so cared for. I was literally carried along and put into a place to recover and rest and regroup from that yeah. intense yeah. day that you showed up for. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So sorry to interrupt. I felt that was so related though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, never doing anything like this. It is really important to, to, to hold. Uh-oh. Lost you. Clarity about it, right? Hang on one second, Mary. Your signal is a little. Okay. Let's try again. So it's so important. Start it. It's so important. Yeah. It's so important as you, as you do go forward that you, that you hold this sweet treasure of what you want to bring forward um, and have clarity around it because the, the universal um, pop it in. So there's a lot of uh, alignment that comes along in my story for sure. And so um, being pretty new at this. So this is April and that's when my birthday is. And, and it was just a birthday celebration and friends getting together. And, um, you know, talking about my plans and she, uh, one of my friends says, Hey, you want to share my studio space? And I was like, what? <laughs> really? And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful space. It was such a perfect, stepping into because I kind of stepped into her structure. It was a scaffolding. It was really, really helpful and cool in many ways. And then it became unnecessary and I changed. I went out on my own, you know? So it started out as the perfect solution. And then it morphed into like, oh no, I think I got my wings. I think I'm ready to go. And I went and got my own place. Um, but that's happened, that happened again in, in McMinnville, as I was waiting to, to have our house built and move to McMinnville, we were in a, in a town that um, was temporary and I didn't have a big connection in that town for the in-person. But fortunately, I, we, we get to do a lot of 
you know, distance sessions. So I was doing that mostly, but I was seeking that community. You know, I was like, I, I want to be a part of a community. And so I remember working with you, Jillian. I remember and, you putting that out there now that you're yeah, talking about it. Yeah. 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 And um, so I get to McMinnville and I kind of, I'm seeking just a yoga class and I, and I walk into the studio and it was like, oh, <gasps> This is amazing. It's a sweet little old church that was built in like 1911 or something. And uh, from the ceiling too, there are silks. So they do aerial, which is something I've been looking for too. And I was like, are you kidding? You do aerial? And I took a great yoga class there. And I approached the, the instructor and I said, wow, this is a great space. Would you think ever consider subletting? And she says, yes. In fact, I want to do a cooperative here. And so Perfect. I was there in person with a great, you know, it's, she, she's wonderful to work with, really flexible, and it's just perfect, you know, and then the majority I do at a distance. So, yeah, that's kind of where I am currently. And then, of course, you know, teaching came along and I'm in that wave with Matt and, and the others. Uh, we had the best party at Mary's house. It was the, the graduation party of this, you know, the, the instructors, Mary, Matt. Robin, Shannon, all everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was so much fun. Mary has such a hat. Well, you're not there anymore, but her house was such a little sanctuary. Like it was tucked in the woods. She had a fun zip line in the back. It was just, it was great. I think Angela was camping in your backyard. Yep. Marielle and Angela have both camped in my, my yard. That's they right. Marielle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They prefer the earth, mother earth. Yeah, it was great. And you were so funny. You and Matt show up and immediately go to the zip line. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope nobody gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a great time. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the trajectory in a sense. But what I kind of want to go back to, unless you have a question in the meantime, is sitting in that chair, as I talked about in Vermont and kind of regrouping that I gave my permission, myself permission to be really selective and discerning. Okay. And um, as I saw how people reacted around me and, you know, like if they weren't quality friendship people, they weren't coming along on this new journey with me. And a, and a way that I managed that, that I, I like to share with people because it can be really helpful is <clears throat> I would say I'm not available for that. So, so if people were wanting to loop me into something that was no more representative of me, because yeah. I knew they weren't the, you know, the, the quality of friends that I now wanted, I could say I'm not available for that. And that's keeping myself in integrity right? I'm not lying. Mm -hmm. I'm just not available for that. So they might think I have a, a, a conflict in the schedule or something like that. But, but as I got more, you know, discerning about who gets to come along, it made space, you know, cause there were, there was less for a while, but it got filled with really quality, beautiful people. And, and that's a standard I now hold, you know, I love that. Yeah. So I, I share it because I want people to, we have so many choices these days, right? Yeah. So it's important to decide clearly, you know, what is the quality that you, that you want to bring forward. So that's yeah. one of the things I like to do. So when you're looking at quality, like, what does that mean to you? And like, in terms of um, what people bring out in you or what experiences bring out in you? Yeah, I think the uh, access to deep connection, you know, that um, gets beyond the surface, gets beyond the keeping up with the Joneses and all that, you know, um, hearing about uh, our journeys. I, I think I, I would say that I've been a life learner. So I love to learn things and share things and have a dynamic, you know, uh, relationship with people on that where they don't feel threatened by that or, or whatever, you know, like they get where I'm coming from, you know, I mean the best let's, let's go find out what's going on and be playful. Yeah. 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 So, so those are some of the things. And, um, I was thinking, uh, about talking to people and, um, in this format. And I think it's kind of fun to think about our superpowers. I like to talk about that sometimes in class too, you know, and at least great about bringing that forward. I mean, let's just say it, we've got superpowers people. <laughs> yeah. Let's 
not be shy about it. It's the truth. And so I think that I've got two that I've identified so far. And one of them is connection. So, so back to friendships, having a deep connection, but I get to do that in the classroom too, or, you know, so, so sometimes there'll be a student, you know, um, from one class like, oh, we had a student from Korea a while ago. Let me get the information. You know, I've connected people in Switzerland. I did a really fun thing with that because there were three students in Switzerland and I grew, they all got connected through me. And then I got to make a trip over to Europe. And I thought, I'm going to connect with them there. And they were thrilled. We got together. And we had a great time. So I think connection is definitely one of my superpowers. And then the other thing that I like to bring in to both cl uh, classes and sessions is levity. Mm. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a great, um, it's a great tool. Levity is a great tool for getting people to be at ease and lighten up and that kind of thing. And, you know, back to sessions, you know, they can, they're intimate, they can be very um, working with things that are, that are tough and difficult. And, um, and I take that, you know, very seriously, and I attend to that for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I also like to breathe into uh, the, the session when it's appropriate, you know, the levity and joy of life. Yeah. So, so that's important. another, yeah. So how do you think you have used discernment in like your practice as far as, well, there's, so when I say practice, there's a couple of things. There's the actual practice of the work, and then there's the kind of business building part. So does anything come to mind for you when you think of discernment with your practice? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think you can get clear about who you'd like to work with, you know, one of our colleagues, she's yeah. like, I give the universe a resume and tell them who I can really help, you know, and I love that. I love that. And um, so I think that, that that's a fair thing to do. Like, if you want to be the most helpful person, get clear on who your <clears throat> ideal client is, which you've been really helpful at. So, um, you know, getting clarity around that, I think. And then the other thing, honestly, is that <clears throat> I allow myself to be in my practice in my way. And that that's taken some time. Um, and what I mean by that is I don't like marketing. <laughs> uh. I just, you know, I'll do what I can. You know, I, I'll keep it minimal. You know, yeah. I'm not... I'm not into tech stuff. I'm not on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and those kind of things. And, um, and it took me a while to be a little more at peace at, with that. And, um, just, you know, you know, put out to the universe what I've got and things seem to come my way. And I love that matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, working with people that are, that are into it. Um, yeah. So, so I think going you know, out and trying to find them, right. Let them right. come to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Letting them come to me. So, you know, being available, but, but yeah, um, I don't chase after it in, in ways. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but my method of cultivating clients, <laughs> um, can look different from what's really, uh, common right now for people in terms of marketing their practice. And I think that's so important for people to hear. Cause I think when people think about marketing, they think, well, most practitioners don't like marketing. It makes total sense, right? We didn't go into this work to do marketing, <laughs> right. but it's, I think that's good. What you're sharing is so good for people to hear because that it's the perspective that you don't have to make it look like what everybody else is doing out there, especially on social media. Um, and if you've ever tried that listeners, you know, how crazy making it can be like, it's a lot to keep up with. So there's different ways to go about it. Like Mary sharing. Yeah. It's kind of a uh, build it and they will come, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it really is about cultivating the capacity within yourself to hold the clients, right? like to really open yourself up to like energetically to having clients come in. Um, mm -hmm. If there's a misalignment there, it can be very difficult to, to attract. So there's a lot of inner work that we need to do 
Isn't oh, there? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Got for really sure. big. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps us honest pretty much. <laughs> right. And that's what I love about this work. I think Mary is that, you know, whether you're a biofield tuning practitioner or different kind of wellness practitioner, who's really in it to help people. Um, I think the beauty of that is along the way, we are always working on ourselves um, so that we can have a greater capacity to help others. And it's, yeah. it's such yeah. a beautiful thing. And we go through our periods of, you know, not having the capacity to do so, but um, I think Eileen McCusick talks about it. Like there's the, the, along with healing comes the contraction and the expansion. It's not all, we're not always expanded. Uh, we're not always in our most expansive self. Sometimes we have to contract and feel the misalignment or the closed offness to get ourselves to the, you know, place of expansion again. It's just a yeah, part of yeah. it. And I don't know about your experience, but I am noticing that back and forth, like it is speeding up so much. Like yeah. yesterday I had some exciting, great news and I was just on top of the world. Um, and then later at the end of the day, as I'm cooking dinner, I was in a really yeah. melancholy mood. And I was like, you know, wow, that's interesting. And what I've learned uh, is uh, really a lot through biofield tuning in our, on our um, community here is like, don't, label it, you know, just let it come through. Don't attach a story. Don't justify it. I, and so I just, you know, I had done the, uh, sing the body electric and I'm like, maybe this is detox. You know? uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know. But what it, day was it, that Mary? Was it Wednesday? Yesterday. It was yesterday. Okay. Cause Wednesday was my day where I started mm -hmm. off the day. I was like, oh, I feel so good. Like even with some things happening with the first dog, like I was like, oh, I've got this. And then at the end of the day, I was like, oh. <laughs> like just bawling. Right, so, right. Yeah, it, is, it does come on fast lately. Yeah, yeah. And just like those sine waves, you know, there's that trough where everything seems fine and we're in our flow state and we're grooving and then it starts to rise and we're like, oh, here it comes. It's going to crest and fall away. So yeah. it's a great reminder. Just let it express and don't stand in its way because right. I used to, you know, roll boulders up the hill on a regular basis. I'm going to just make it so. Yeah. And I've learned <laughs> through this to, to simmer down on that. Yeah. So, you know, there's discernment in that if we wanted to get back to that, yeah, that yeah. discernment piece and, and deciding who gets to be a part of your, your life as you're cultivating, you're being that co-creator for, for what you want to bring forward. And I've always, I've had a, a depth in me that didn't always match. And so that's what I seek, I think is another way to talk about what are those qualities, you know, like, can, can they, uh, appreciate the depth that I need to arrive in. And I love to be in their depth and, and bring that out too, if they're, if they're ready and willing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share about discernment? Um, yeah, it, it's really kind of, you know, I think, uh, I started by saying the power of discernment, you know, and I, I want to say it's actually a necessity. It's a necessity because we have so much coming at us mm -hmm. and um, it's an asset in one way, but it, it's a lot to handle. And yes. so um, I, I think I used to have a very kind of broad need to connect with people. And as I've gotten older too, I've said, well, it's, you know, no, the answer doesn't lie out there. You know, it's, it's in here and, and, and the discernment of cultivating that and then sharing it with the right kind of people where that can be a fertile place to, to be and share. Um, and then I feel like the results of being discerning and in, in whatever form you kind of take it in allows for alignment too, because it just goes click, 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 click. Things just align and fall in and, and, you know, we could, we could do probably a whole nother episode on all the alignments that have come into my life personally, since I've 
aligned with biofield tuning, but I get to see it with my clients and the yeah. students, you know? And so, um, Jillian knows there's a wonderful love story that I have, but, uh, we, we might want to save it for another time. I love your love story. <laughs> you can share a little bit about it. Well, I'm on, I'm living on high heaven now. So, so, uh, That's literally I, yeah. the name of the road that she lives on. You all. <laughs> it's called high heaven. We are the last house on high heaven. I'm looking out my window at two deer right now. Hi dear. <laughs> Which I really like. I like nature around me, but yeah, as I, as I re, you know, as from that explosion implosion of my life, I, I just started being more discerning. And with that, things just started clicking in and, um, I was lonely for a long time. There was about a 10 year span of, of this regroup and uh, a friend introduced me to someone, but it's it's a really fun story of like, I had just finished teacher training. I got my first class under my belt, which they sweetly sent me to Portland to teach with Angela. And I just felt like I was coming home with this amazing offering. I was like, look what I can do. And they were great to send me that. And then my very second one was with you down in Florida, which I thought, this is not a bad gig going oh my gosh. to Florida yeah, that in was February. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Treated um, like queens too by Stephanie. Oh my god. Definitely. Gosh. That was a great, yeah. a great time. And and Jillian was right there because it was at the beginning of the courtship. So somebody, um, somebody was wanting to introduce me to this man way back in like September. Okay. And things just didn't happen until January finally. And um, so I met this friend. And I said, what about that man that you mentioned? And she kind of shrugged her shoulders like, well, that's off the table. And I'm like, why? And she said, well, he, a, a recruiter met him, offered him a job two weeks ago, and he has to move for it. He lived 20 minutes up the road from me. I didn't know this because I wasn't ready. Right. In Vermont. In Vermont. Uh -huh. Yeah. He was, yeah, I, I, we weren't quite ready. It wasn't going to gel quite yet. We had things to do. <laughs> yeah. And then I said, well, where's he ha having to move to? And they said, Portland. I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I had, uh, you know, I grew up here and even the father of my sons had moved back to Portland and my family, as I would come out every summer and visit, they're like, why are you family and friends? Are, why are you still in Vermont? What's going on? And I had that great house and my kids were not quite launched yet. I didn't think, but at this point they were, and the universe said, here you go. And so they brought me Bruno. <laughs> And um, he was so helpful at getting me, that was a significant house. I mean, we built it, our, we raised our kids there. It was one of a kind house and all of that. And for me on a, as a solo person to, to sell it was a big undertaking, but, but Bruno is amazing and supportive. And he was a great uh, focal point for, for getting that all squared away and um stepping out of that phase of my life into this new one and so there's an amazing alignment story and and we literally and and I live in high heaven now <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the end of the story no but and you uh, were just married last year right yeah last year yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I think, uh, yeah, he's, he's a great fit for me. And, um, you know, these alignments come along when, when you're ready, I felt like I, I did my work of healing and, um, creating a life for myself. And so we're really good partners yeah. in, in, in our way forward, but yeah, so I did I it I because I think when you spend enough time, you know, being comfortable with yourself, loving with yourself, um, and just, you know, that independence, then when you find the next partner, you guys can, and, and he's done his work, then you guys can just show up as 100% yourselves. And like that codependency thing that so many people struggle with. Isn't, yeah. Isn't so, yeah. isn't so strong. It's probably sometimes, I mean, I, I wonder if, most couples have it a little bit in their relationships at some point. Yeah. So. Well, there's, there's, well, okay. So years ago, a friend of mine who is an acupuncturist and knows Chinese um, 
uh, astrology, I, she's, I'm a water rabbit. And she said to me, you need an earth pig. <laughs> huh? Bruno's an earth pig and, and he's perfect. So I'm a water rabbit. I'm very, I'm kind of homey and, um, spiritual and you know that water element what have you um i can be very etheric too um and bruno is earthy and he loves to be in the mud he loves to get stuff done and so the alignment there are the, you know the kind of the the opposites attracting the the ends of the polarity scale that that come together and complement yeah. so there's something really interesting i think about relationships and however it it shows up you know yeah. And so I did put an order in, in terms of uh, what I wanted coming my way. I said, I wanted a man that got stuff yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. He gets stuff done. So that's, that's awesome. Cool. He gets me, he gets me out of my etheric state and, and hands, you know, and, and we get stuff done. So, and I inspire him. So, so it's, it's fun. But. And he really is a wonderful guy. I've met Bruno. He's French. He has a French accent. Um, he just if, fun to be around. Great to be around. Love his energy. Yeah. yeah. Good energy. Hopefully sure. you get to hang out with you two again soon. Yeah. We're not we're not too, too far, far away. We should be able to make it happen. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, Mary. Okay. So for, um, the listeners who might be interested in learning more about what you do, they can go to mmbiofieldtuning.com, but tell us about the guide through the grap gap uh mentoring program that you have yeah yeah well um turns out i love to tune students you know sometimes we'll have students in class and then they seek you out to have a session and i just love that because there's so much from class that spills over and it's really enriching for them, I have heard. Um, and I kind of can't help myself. <laughs> and so I thought, well, let me get a little organized around that and really meet the needs of students that, you know, complete the program. And then they're kind of like, now what? And, you know, there's a lot of nuance in it. So it's about, you know, helping them through some of that. And, um, you know, it can come in the form of, you know, talking about techniques and refining that, um, discussing the nuance of, of being in someone's field. Um, uh, one of the things I really love supporting people with is the language around it. Our language is so important about how we, how we frame this and talk about it in that, in that, um, neutral posture that we invite. And, um, just to speak a moment more on that is what I've come to see is that, you know, we're having this human experience and there are um, this polarity just, you know, like Bruno and I are in a sense, different ends of that, that polarity. But when we come together in neutrality, we can see both sides. So neutrality is really a bridge that helps us be able to relate. And so that's getting into um, it's really helping us be with our clients, you know, how can we be in that state of neutrality and see the polarity and help them, you know, understand it and work with it too. And so language can be really great around that, you know, and then some pro pro tips and things like that. And um, it's really about um, them getting kind of clarity about what they're doing, you know, like um, what this protocol is and how to utilize that, their role in it and where that, you know, boundaries of that, um, are and, um, building confidence to go forward around it. And, um, and again, Eileen was just wonderfully, I, I this is how I refer to it. And, and for me, it, it's a good fit. She is unapologetic about what she's bringing forward. And I really appreciate that she's, you know, and, and, um, and that's how I want to be, with this work, you know, you know, it may not be for everyone at this point in time, you know, but I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm doing this and we're bringing it forward. And I like to encourage students to have that kind of approach too. Um, and then um, ultimately cultivating their own unique expression of their tuning style, how they are as a practitioner, right? Because we all vary and it's really fun to see the variety um, and, uh, we get to have our own kind of fingerprint 
And so helping to cultivate that and um, support them stepping into it so that they can be, you know, authentic in their offering. So, so those are some of the things that, um, you know, I see needs for and um, seems like a really good fit and natural fit for me to, to offer them. I, I love to be kind of a cheerleader in that way. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're putting that out there because it is such a huge need right now and more and more people are asking for it. So yeah, it was like in one week, last week, two people asked and I'm like, okay, I need, I need to get organized around this. And, and, um, as you may have guessed, I wouldn't be talking much about business at all. I mean, I can talk about what mine looks like, but I am no expert in that. So that's where Jillian comes in. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, something to that effect. But so, so I don't cover a lot of the business aspect to it. It's more like a little bit of the art of it. And, and right. The, the practice, the practice. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. you, you stepping into it, full permission. Yeah. yeah. So if that's something that you're interested in uh listener, you can email Mary at MM biofield tuning at gmail.com. Um, and I will put that link in the show notes. So you don't have to scramble to write it down. I'll have it right in there in the description of the episode. All right, Mary, is there anything else you'd like to share about your practice or your journey that we haven't covered yet? Hmm. Or any insights for those who might be considering going down a similar path? Right. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a super fun journey. There's a lot of variation you know, so you can very likely find your, your fit in it. No, you know, so there's a, a lot of different ways to do it. Um, and it's fun to, um, see those various expressions of, you know, life. Um, and it's, it's a really great community, whether you're, you're receiving it, you know, as, as a client it's, you know, so it's a wonderful, I think, experience of being really supported and, um, and, um, you know, seen, I think we do, we, we kind of witness, we do a lot of witnessing. I think that's what I do in my work. I do a lot of witnessing and acknowledging, and that just helps us go into flow. There's so much about this uh, protocol that is about supporting our natural flow. So, um, you know, whether you're at a crossroads in your life and you're not sure where to go, go get some sessions. It clears the way, it clears the static out of the way so you can see your way forward. Um, And then, you know, uh, if this is something that you're aligning to, to become a practitioner, you know, what a great community. I mean, that's been one of the highlights for me, Um, you know, even coming to your coaching, you know, getting to know some other practitioners. And I'm like, I am so honored to be in this group. This is amazing. These people that show up to do this work are fascinating. And they're... yeah, they have this integrity in this altruistic way that it's just like, that's my people. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah. think that's what I love about this work so much too, is that the community of just, I, I think like-minded people is even an understatement. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know exactly how to word it, but boy, are we connected and maybe we knew each other in some other life. I don't know, but wow. It is so true. So I'll I'll tell you a little bit of background to that trip in Europe. It was to go meet Bruno's mom and family. And, you know, so it was basically two weeks of Bruno's life, which is great. And I was thrilled to do it, but I also am getting smart enough to know that's a lot of Bruno time and not my time. And so that is exactly why I reached out to Biofield Tuners, my community and connected there. You know, I did it again this last summer when we had a lot of people visiting for the celebration um, of the wedding and stuff that I was kind of like, oh, okay, I'm going to be a host to many people in my house. I need to. And so I went up into Washington and, and met with a group of them there, but that's my go-to you guys. It's almost like, I don't know, Airbnbs or something where uh, some kind of system where, you know, these people, you can find them all throughout the world <laughs> and have this deep immediate connection. So it's really great. So cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mary, for spending your time with us. I really appreciate you being here and 
it's, it was just, so, you know, we've talked, I know a lot about your background, but it was so great to hear the full story from, well, it's not the full story probably, but you know, the, the timeline from, you know, when you started thinking about, uh, you know, starting something new and then getting there and just, I love that you found your work in the world because what a wonderful thing that some people never really truly find. And I'm just so happy for you. Yeah, it, it can take a while and there can be kind of humiliating, <laughs> you know, at the, I'll, I'll say lastly that when I, when I went through that, you know, like, oh, that's a fail. At the time I was kind of humiliated about it, you know, but that was my immaturity. That was, you know, what got me out of that into the right tra trajectory, right? And now I look back and it's just kind of hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe I did that. I cannot and see you in a room full of computers and technology. I can't do it. You are a people person. <laughs> I'm isolated in a room with technology. This is not good. <laughs> Let's rethink this. Yeah. So just be nice to yourself and get to the other side so that you can laugh about <laughs> our guidance that we have. So full circle, remembering how we're carried along, like Jillian's day that opened up after she'd had a heroic day of caring for oh. four-legged friends that we we really are. We're carried along so beautifully. There's a the one of the ways that we talk about um, the field um, is a peace that passes all understanding, which is a biblical term, I think, because it's really familiar. I'm not sure if it's Old Testament or New. I'm like, what is that? What is that? And I think it's when we realize that we are indeed carried along. A peace that passes all understanding. We are carried along. Um, you know, we go through life and we feel it fully and the bumps and everything, but ultimately we're brought forward. I love that. I've been listening a lot to Marianne Williamson and what's his name? Richard Rohr. I just started listening to, um, yeah. And they, they described it the same thing. You've said it differently, which is so beautiful, but yeah, it's really our, the fear-based self that worries that we're not supported worry and like gets ourselves in a mental tizzy about yeah. what might happen and the what ifs but if we just open up and surrender and trust yeah we are carried and supported yeah yeah all the way to high heaven <laughs> <laughs> mary out <laughs> mary out <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the next episode. Are you a wellness practitioner that wants to grow your business, but you're feeling confused, overwhelmed, maybe even doubtful? Well, let's get you out of that emotional rut and turn those emotions into the fuel that will grow your business. Get the Harness Your Emotional Awareness to Grow Your Business free roadmap at jillianfaldmo.com. Thank you.